Intergalactic beings of multi-dimensional realities. Welcome to Channeling. Why, hello there, awesome fellow channelers and humans of many varieties. My name is Gwen Juvenal. I'm here with Guides in the Garden and Guides of the Way of All. And today I'm going to talk about what your playing field is. And what does the statement mean that I say at the end of every podcast? Own your stage and play on. Well, right now we're going to chat with Grace and find out. That's how life is, Grace. It is. Okay, Gwen. Hey, okay. <laughs> this is Gwen's alter ego. No, it's just Grace. <laughs> okay, so I guess I would have read through the stage thing here. Do you want me to read it in front of you? Well, I'll probably interrupt you. So let's do it that way. You read and then I'll interrupt you. <laughs> We're just planning on it. Yeah, just, just planning. planning on, just plan on me interrupting. So, so yeah. yeah. So hey, everyone. We wanted to talk about something really kind of interesting today that might be helpful in helping you kind of reimagine what is possible. And you know, it was written in uh, the book Our New Story. This is Grace, by the way. Hi, I'm taking over Gwen's part. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut this out. No, you're not, you <laughs> liar. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so we're going to talk about that. No, I I remember when I was recording that section and I thought, oh, that's cool. Well, Grace, I think it's great you're talking about, but I wanted to enter into all of this using the term playing field. Yes. Playing field. Now, I'm going to be really sneaky. Grace didn't know this, but after we talk about this or read through the chapter, in our new story, and we have a little chat about stages, I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek into a little something special that's coming out in the next book, The Seed. Yeah, which we're almost ready for. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost... It's, we're proofing it right now. Yeah. It's a playbook of... Here, I'm going to read it. It's so gorgeous. A playbook of soul experience and expansive identity. So there's a little practice in here that I'm going to share with you that you can use on your own. And uh, this is a welcome to channeling exclusive. Woohoo! Yeah, you get you get the first serving of this book. Yeah. And the reason why <laughs> I wanted to talk about this playing field is because. At the end of my podcast, I say, own your stage and, and play, play on. on. And because I've read, of course, this book very many, many times and everything else I've done with it, I'm like, uh-huh, I know what that means. But other people might not quite get that to its full meaning. Potential. Potential there. They might not understand what I'm saying. They might be like, that's just a weird woman. It's well, okay. Yeah, yeah, Gwen's weird. I am too. It's okay if you you feel that way, but I want people to kind of get an idea of where I'm coming from here. Yeah, and what that phrase really means to yeah. you. Yeah, so I'm here trying to find this in Our New Story. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it's... out my book, Our New Story, check it out. Now we talk about the stage. Yay! Just so you know, Gwen and I do have a little bit of background in theater, and so... Uh, for me, uh, I could very definitely identify with what was being described here. Um, I'm going to read to you from chapter 10, The Stage. Play is where we begin. Play is where we all should begin. For all of this, in a sense, is a play. A movement filled with masks and props 
but all is created through us as the seed. Now, I love that statement because, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you already, because you're using play in the noun sense, but you're also also using play as in the action. That's right. The it's verb. a verb. And so it's used in both senses at the same time. Yes. And so this is, keep that in mind. This yeah. is the magic of the words. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that's so great. Sometimes I'm like, oh, guys, you're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of nod back. <laughs> I am going to continue. Let us suppose now for a moment that in our world, we have recognized the figure of a shark to be real. We set up the stage and said, like for many others, that sharks are real. So we have all agreed. This makes it easier for us to all play together. Since we all agree that sharks exist and are real. Mm -hmm. This social agreement and construct is like many of the laws or rules that we have agreed to in order to experience a constructed material world. I find that interesting. That it's like, well, how could we not say that sharks are real? I, I don't know. It's just that that whole thing was like kind of like, what would happen if someone didn't agree that sharks were real? Yeah. And they went out. You know, like people who are like, the world is flat. <laughs> Right? In some people's minds, and some people's minds, literally that, is. right? But then they then they took a ship, and somehow they ended up back where they started from. You know what I mean? Like, how how does their brain handle that? You know what I mean? Like, we're really good at denying things we don't want to see. I don't know. I cannot be in their brains. Okay. All right. Sorry. It just you know what I mean. Like some people. Well, some people I see really vehemently try to deny things that are right in front of their face, like that they really exist. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. It doesn't, it isn't really helpful in their own life usually. I don't know if it is or not. I'm not them. It doesn't, see, it doesn't seem like it to me. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Okay. Sorry. Continue I, I think, well, I, I get what you're saying in a sense of we all agree that sharks are real. When you listen to or read Paul Selig... Um, mm -hmm. When he channels, he yeah. talks about how we choose, but a term that we can use is agreement. We yes. are in agreement with this. Like we are exactly. in agreement to experience the world in the physical sense that we do. Exactly. Otherwise, we would not be here and have a physical body. Yeah. So in order to be in, a, we, we all get to be in agreement so that we can have a 3D world, that yeah. we can live, we can have bodies, we can experience things in these ways, we can have the laws which we uh, discover, uncover, yeah. and use them in ways that we want yeah, to. like we've agreed that gravity happens in this physical yeah. realm and so forth. And therefore, while we are here, we get to experience gravity. That's right. In the physical realm. That's right. So, <clears throat> let us continue. This is all well and good. For wouldn't it be fairly difficult to play without any sense of rules, language, or parameters? Mm -hmm. No way to even agree on what form, identity, or a thing is? Mm -hmm. Yes, this would ultimately not offer us what we are seeking for. For a part of this play is assisting in the experience of polarity and coming to find our truth and alignment through choice. And the book does talk quite a bit about that. And in the next book, it does talk about that polarity and, and mm -hmm. choice a lot. We are here to have questions, doubt, and then find, adjust ourselves back, finding each and every way we can act out our truth in this material form and the consciousness and awareness of the knowledge of each unique experience is then added to our larger awareness and never lost so we are actors 
Mm-hmm. We are acting. We are mm-hmm. actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. In order to experience every way we can, can experience our unique truth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. For there is nothing lost. All truth is available to us at any time. Gwen, you have become more aware of this and amenable to trusting this when you decided that you need not hold on to what you thought were mistakes or issues within yourself and quote-unquote other people. You decided you would allow and trust that consciousness itself, or God, would nudge you when something needed your attention. This is good for you to remember and remind yourself of. This is a very important step in the human experience to let go of quote-unquote making things happen or quote-unquote being the one that has to make things right. Okay, I have. That's that's a step that I'm 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 uh, I'm working with right now. I'm st- uh, you know what I mean. That's that's a that's a real challenge for me right there. It's a challenge for me at times because I mean uh, I live uh, in a paradigm in a world where it's like you get to work on your shit, right? Yeah. It's like so you get to own your shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so so I live in a kind of dichotomy right now where even just last night I sent an email to someone uh, as a part of me participating in a ceremony where they were requesting me to talk about my struggles yes. and what was wrong in my life. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I get to do this again? Do I really get to see? <laughs> like, it's like, here I am scouring through, You're through like, my ocean. Look, what, I what get can to I come play up with? the damsel who is lonely. Look, I get to play the damsel who is angry. Look, I get to play blah, blah, but blah. But when I pull up with my fishing net, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. But at the same time, I get to be honest with myself and see where where perhaps I'm not, mm, I feel like a car that needs a tune-up, you know. I'm not acting in my premium, you know, yeah. top-notch yeah. feeling that like, I could be like acting. You sh- like, you feel like, I am a Ferrari, but I'm acting like, you know, like a, a Geo. Honda or something, or a yeah. Geo, you know. Metro yeah. or something. I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're, you know, I get to be with this and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. So, let's go on. So, it says, these kinds of thoughts can become heavy burdens, for these thoughts are born through the idea of separation. Mm-hmm. They weigh down and direct the attention of where one's individual play is focused. For what one decides is its duty or job to overcome or prove, consciousness itself, in honor, cannot help but recreate over and over again in form. Mm-hmm. It will represent itself for more discovery and play until the entity finds it is done with that specific story. Yeah, people say, I'm so tired of this showing up over and over and over again. I understand. I've experienced that before. Well, okay, so what more do you believe needs to be experienced by you? when it comes to that aspect. I'm dropping a quick note here to say I'm looking for someone special and that someone special might be you. Are you interested in the things we're talking about? Would you like to read a book like our new story or some of the things that I will be publishing soon or listen to the audio? Would you be willing to write a review? If you are saying yes to all of those questions, then you are the perfect candidate to join our review team. So, if you're interested, there will be a link in the podcast description. Click on that and become a part of my review team.
and you'll get books sent to you and other things like that. Now, doesn't that make life easy? That sucks royally sometimes. You get to that embrace and mire in the mud. <laughs> but, but then you have to say, okay, well, but then you can let go if if you are past it, right? Yeah. You can just let go. Yeah. That's something that I, that I said in my letter. Part of it is like, but I feel like these things are kind of like these ghosts in the, the next room. You know, yeah, kind of exactly. a thing. Let's see. Let's continue on. I forgot all of this that was in here. Yeah. There are many ways people attempt or try to change their play or story. In years not too recent, the play of revenge was a commonly played out story in the human psyche. But we have seen many souls choosing to lay this story down. And this story was highly influenced through the stage or playing field one was playing on. And it was supported through the old earth grid. Yeah, definitely. It is like saying that in years past, the stage and setting that was supplied or agreed upon was a stage with the traditional lighting there was a backstage with the curtains, and there was always an audience, and it all was played out for the audience. Even though the story was played out by humans on stage for the audience, the lights glared in your eyes, and you couldn't see the audience. You just got to look out and imagine. For everyone knew that there was an audience, and if you didn't play your part, well... You would be dropped from the play, and your understudy would play your part. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> we make this reference in a kind of wry humor, knowing that you know the experience of being on stage, Gwen. You know the ins and outs of what it takes for a production to occur, and you can see how this reference ties into the old paradigm that is being released now and set down by many. Yeah, okay, and for me, I connected with that because, of course, I've experienced that too. But, you know, not everyone is completely aware of what it takes to put a production on. The costumers, mm -hmm. the tech crew, the stage mm -hmm. hands, the stage mm -hmm. managers, mm -hmm. the, <laughs> the, the assistant director, the director, the just the building itself and the mm -hmm. maintenance of that building and what it took to create and construct that building the way it yeah. was created and how that limits what type of production or what can actually be experienced in that space. Yeah, and, and they recognize as an actor, you have a totally, completely different life when you're not on stage, but you get on stage and you're playing a part. Yeah. You're playing a role. This is what you are doing. And... You don't want to let anyone down. Because there are everyone, not only Everyone's that's invested on stage, in it. not just everyone yeah. that's on stage, but all the people that's back at the stage supporting making this happen. Yeah. Including the director mm -hmm. that's probably sitting out watching you your performance mm -hmm. <laughs> and the stage manager. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah. Like, if you don't hit that line, the stage manager can't say, lights go. Yeah. They can't say that. Or they can't say, sound effect number 17, go. Right? Yeah. They can't They can't do that if you don't give them the right cue. line and the yeah. right cue. And then they have to kind of fudge things. And they're all stressed. And they're up there in the booth going, and cursing your name. I've, I've had a lot of stage managers cursing my name before. I have trouble remembering my lines. Yes, yes I, I noticed that when I was being stage manager for you. And I was just like, okay, that's what she meant. I'm Grace, go. Yeah, Grace, go. Was, Grace got the amazing privilege of being my stage manager. While Gwen time. acted out being a stage manager on yeah. stage. Yeah, while I was acting 
as a stage manager. What a trip. Yes. Um, so I was fucking terrible. But no, but you just, were perfect for the part, though. It was hilarious. Because <laughs> I, I was all over the place. I didn't know what the... F- I was just... Okay, I'm going to take that last swear out. Okay. But, yes, yeah, so... And, and when you're looking out there, you can sense. You can sense the audience. Yeah. But you can't see them. Yeah. And there's kind of this energy flow back and forth between yeah. you and the audience that takes place. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'm completely b- blinded. I can't see that you're there. Yeah. But you're influencing me. Yeah. And I know that you're watching me. I remember nice, you know, like when I do things and getting the reaction and I could feel the presence of the audience and their interaction with the play itself. Yes. I could feel it and I could sense it. And it was like being on stage and playing a role. It's like you are, you have a duty to play only a single part in a big story. Yes. And you certainly can't change the story. Exactly. You are stuck. Yeah. You are very constricted and with a normal stage, also, it's very much everything is playing towards one direction, towards yeah. that audience. Mm-hmm. It is very one-dimensional. Yeah. And it's a very one-dimensional experience on stage because of that, too, in the classic theater. That's right. The way, the way you move, the way you present yourself, the way you even act out and interact with other people on stage, yeah. all is affected with because... You know your you audience, have an audience because your audience is on one side of you. Yes, and that's it. Yeah, you are constricted in so many ways because of that. Absolutely, and it's it, it's quite a it's quite a thing to to be in that to to go on stage, know that you're going in and you're participating in the story, mm-hmm. and that's that's what your job is. Yeah, you, that, that's what your job is. Um, so let's talk furthermore about how this may change or shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- this setting down is one of the many ways that we point to in how one may change the play or story. Mm-hmm. For this setting down is likened to suddenly seeing the stage shift into an open air theater where nothing is backstage and all is seen. Ooh, that is such a monster shift. So it's not only you can see people coming in, who they are before they enter. Mm-hmm. You can see their normal persona. And then you see them put on their costume. You see them putting on their makeup. You you see them entering in the scene. Mm-hmm. How different would that be? Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking of Nicholas Nickleby, the play Nicholas Nickleby. Um, Mm -hmm. They attempt to give you that feeling. Yes. But then again, there's still that construct behind it that makes it another layer. There's another layer. It's a layer within a layer, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, And so they try to allow the audience in on that in yeah. some ways but <laughs> but again everything is limited you don't see the heavens above you you don't yeah. see the entire world and have the aspect of what is this story amongst everything that is yeah you're not forcing them to focus in on this story they could sit there and stare at the night sky yeah. right yeah it's in so many ways. And the freedom, the freedom for the actors is just so superbly different. Yeah. Okay, continue It's on. even more focused it's, in that it's kind even of more a, fo- Oh, yeah. gosh. You have, your focus has to be so extreme in that situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Continue on. All right. Perhaps there are some fancy hidden passages in the stage where people can disappear and then appear in other locations. But, oh, how much more exciting that is. We think someone's one place, and suddenly they're in another place. Phantom of the opera. It (laughs) it seems almost magical. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, that couldn't really happen. 
Well, not in a normal stage, uh-huh. you know, or a traditional stage. No, they couldn't suddenly appear out of the middle of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these all kinds of different things. Okay. Perhaps in this stage, the acting occurs within the audience. Yes. Ha ha ha. And then the audience becomes a part of the play. Yeah, they actually interact. Yeah. Making choices and then walking through what comes next. This starts to enter into kind of the idea of improv. Yes. Which is really, you get people up on stage and it's all improvisational. They create a story from the interaction that's happening. Yeah. A lot of experimental theater delved into this sort of thing. And then, of course, where the audience is seated was another part of it. I think that's something you mentioned in here. Mm. Says, uh, making choices. All right. Perhaps this new stage has flying gear or trapeze nets. Perhaps this stage allows, if you really don't like the role you are playing that you can hand it off to another and no shame. I have not seen that one I yet. have never, ever seen that. I think, ever. wouldn't it be great to go to an improv or a ever. show and say, someone's up there acting and saying, I'm tired of, of playing this role. Would anyone like to come down and play this role Yeah, now? Yeah, well, why don't you come up and you and you take this on for a minute for me. I, yeah, I, I need to I'm go tired. use the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be great. I mean, talk about breaking that wall or that that paradigm. Oh right? yeah, and 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 in so many senses, it's not just breaking the fourth wall. They talk yeah. about that with, yeah. but it's like breaking the sixth and seventh wall. It's like breaking, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything. Yes, and but I think that's a part of the magic of now what's being expressed is yes. uh, is the side joke or the under joke is. We know this is a play, you guys. Yeah. Stop pretending that it isn't. Yeah. It is a play. (laughs) Yes. Perhaps the stage allows you to have a different take on who the main character is. And perhaps what their intent is. Yes. Intent. Intent is the crux of it all. And the intent flows through the individual awareness of the actor on the stage. In fact, the transformation of the stage is assisted in the individual awareness and the larger awareness of what one chooses to align to. That would be interesting in a play where the audience is like, oh, I'm intrigued with this particular aspect. Okay, and the stage literally shifts to accommodate the new play that's coming about because the audience is saying, no, we want to delve into this or we want to see this aspect. Yeah. Or it, it, when when I heard that, it made me think of almost like a multidimensionality yes. type situation where, <clears throat> where a situation can be played out in many ways mm-hmm. based upon the aspect or the principle that is wished to be experienced or understood to a greater degree right you know and it's like and this audience is saying okay it in this stage we're going to shift it this way yeah because we are going to focus in on this aspect of or or pretend or have this character yes experience this particular aspect to a greater degree Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. let's make that choice and also we can look at it through the audience, which the audience really is our own eye, mm-hmm. looking yeah. into it ourselves. Yeah. And our own acts as a reflection. Yes. I guess you could say yeah. for ourselves. And so in a way, we can own that it's the individuals playing the play mm-hmm. who now can really decide where the intent is. Yeah. And say, well, let, let's shift and take a look at it this way. Yeah. I know there are different programs. One of my friends t- said to me that there's actually a children's program now out that 
they'll go into a situation in a story mm-hmm. and they'll change it just slightly by adding an and or an or or just some slight little different thing yeah. with the language and suddenly a new story gets to be played out uh, because cool. of it. That's cool. And and these things can be, ooh, that gave me chills. The fact that something so slight mm-hmm. within our interpretation, within our definitions uh-huh. can change the story completely yeah and what it we can make experience. such such a big difference not only that but recognizing that the audience is our inner eye is really it us is. you know a lot of times you know people will go on stage and there are so many people that have stage fright at first it almost is like the audience is an enemy like i have to prove that i'm good enough to be on this stage and be a part of this right mm-hmm but we're throwing that away and saying, you don't have to prove a darn thing. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is about. And they're not your enemy. This is you yeah. looking at yourself. How are you seeing yourself? Mm-hmm. Why would you think that you would need to prove anything to anyone? Yeah. What What is the game? What is the game? What game are you playing right now? What role are you playing right now? You yeah. chose the role. Yeah. So what role are you choosing to play when you believe that your audience is looking at you and questioning your abilities or whether you should be there? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to look at. It's reminding me of another one of the journeys that's going to go into these books, Journeys of Joy and Freedom, which I'm writing now is the second volume. Yeah. And um, where you actually go on stage and it serves as a really purification an intense purification mm-hmm. intense focus to cleanse and purify yourself it's yeah. good, it can be really interesting yeah. what can happen on stage okay so i'm going to just continue to read as has mentioned earlier there are many who simply decide to see that the stage they were born onto is not the stage they desire mm-hmm. to stay on they are there are many who suddenly see that the role they have been so heavily invested in as their own identity or as their own mission simply for what it is and they have handed the part off to another or simply set it down and walked away this can be awfully disconcerting for those who want to play on that old stage but now Because there are many opening to this, it is often the case that we can together cushion the shift as we create, discover, and open the many facets of this new stage. We call this new stage the new earth, and we, right now, are in the activity, play, of this development, discovery, creation, and exploration. This is what we speak of when we speak of play. We get to practice entering into the multidimensional reality of what is available here. And as we loosen ourselves of the old ideas, requirements, and restrictions of the plays we have had before, we renew the story and play in a whole new way. We enter the idea of story in a whole new way. I think I, I think that you know, like for instance, for me, I, I'm I've been going through some some like major shifts, you know. Uh, and, you know, that can be disconcerting for people. It really can, you know. Yeah. And and it's like, what the hell is this world? You know, what is going on? Um, and it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the and 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 to to look at it like, no. My life, my story, my experience. It's okay if it turns into a theater in the round. You know, it's all right. It's all good, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all good. And who we are 
is so much more than what we've been allowing ourselves to see. Yeah. And we can move through this. We can do it. We can transform our play. We can experience it differently. We can write what is possible even. You know, like, for instance, we can say, no, my stage is different. It isn't the old stage where someone has to sit on a couch for 10 years in order to feel like they've somehow gotten to a place of peace in their life. That isn't required anymore. Yeah. I can pop out of the audience. Look, it's magic. It's possible. I don't have to go through that in order to get where I want to. So much more is possible. Yeah. We simply have to be able to allow it to be so. I I think what you speak of is there's a fear when when this multidimensional facet of what we are starts to appear Mm -hmm. this loss of sense of control can really (laughs) be a huge experience for people and and of course you're going to feel that sensation because this is kind of new exactly it's just a new space you don't know it and when you start to trust see this is where i bring in my guides you reach out, you take that hand, mm-hmm. you let it guide you, you you start to experience yourself in new ways, you start to feel the agility, the adaptability, the options that really can be there for you. Yeah. Then and, it becomes a celebration. And even if, you know, you're averse to the idea of, say, for instance, guides, saying, reach out to your higher self. Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to connect to more of what you are. And it can be comforting to say, hey, I don't understand all that I am capable of and what I am. It's going to be okay. I know I am more than this. Mm -hmm. And being able to step forward in that and trusting the entirety of yourself more. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it that way. Um, but, you know, a lot of people can say, well, you're channeling when you're channeling your higher self and more of yourself. Yes, in a way, you are. But if it makes, but if it helps you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. as you're starting this journey, look at it in that sense and gain a, a better understanding of your unique self and all that you are. Um, I wanted to jump in here and make a quick statement about how do you know what's coming through you as your higher self, right? <laughs> um, a really easy way to start becoming aware of that is saying, would my mind normally think this or say this to me or does my regular mind or thought patterns have the intelligence that this is sharing with me? Or the broad viewpoint or the yeah. broad understanding. Yeah. How that can assist you in understanding if you really are connecting to a higher self. Some people say, well, I'm just going to key into this little aspect of my mind. But you'll you'll find a limited perspective there Mm -hmm. you'll see that limited perspective and you'll be like oh okay this is just another aspect of me that's wanting to express itself and if that's what comes through then awesome great awesome sauce you're getting to know yourself more yeah and with with a quote-unquote higher self what i've noticed is yeah this a much broader view Mm -hmm. not just even of this life but extended much farther than that Mm -hmm. but also this sense of incredible peace yeah that usually comes with that and this deep feeling of connection to time and space yeah it's interesting maybe we should do an episode of descriptive words when you are 
connected to your your higher higher self. self. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to go forward and, and give this little exercise for people or something that you can tap into to open up your playing field, quote unquote, this playing field that you are. And it's using another idea or image that's really, I think, easy to correlate to is that you are a house. I love this exercise. Here we go. Raising the roof, people. This exercise is titled Raising the Roof. And literally, so all of you people who love to dance, you're just going to love this. Raise (laughs) the roof. No, but it's simple and easy, and it's so clear to be able to step into this idea. And let's sit here and... uh, Get yourself comfortable. Get yourself comfortable. um, Spine straight. Take a few deep breaths. And I'm just going to read to you. What this is, if you get the book, if you get the audio of this book, then it will be so glorious and it will sound so sweet and so smooth and there's music (laughs) with it. Oh, it's just going to be so wonderful. wonderful. I get to narrate it. It's so lovely. That's right. But now you just get Gwen chatting away, doing her thing. So I'm going to read this to you. It's called Raising the Roof. And go ahead and close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. And... Enter into this imaginative space that you don't have to work at at all. This is easy. It's like you're, you can use your, your mind and your third eye and all this area up here and just say, I am a playing field. Let's see what play opens up to me right now, right? Yeah. Here we go. Imagine that you have lived your whole life within the walls of a small house where everything you received was dropped off and pushed through a small mail slot in your front door and you dumped your trash out a chute on the side of your house. Although you know that there is a whole other world out there beyond the door, and you have read about the distant places, different kinds of people and things, you have never stepped outside of your door to really experience them for yourself. Well, we are inviting you to open up that tiny house and step out into a wider world of experience. We are inviting your roof to lift off of your tiny house and for those walls of your tiny house to open, lay themselves out, and become a larger floor that will support you in your new stage of experience and action. Spend a few moments now being with this idea. Sit or lie down and imagine your body as a house. What kind of house is it? It will feel very familiar since this is you. Get a sense of the comforts of you. Now, literally, feel your roof disengage from the walls and rise up. It seems that your home was made to do this quite naturally. Pretty cool. And your walls now, at ease, open and lay themselves flat. Feel and see yourself open. Breathe. Allow yourself to feel the space. As your walls lay themselves out, imagine that you are letting down the many things that you thought you had 
to be. And the ideas that you think you must protect. Just for a few minutes here, allow yourself the freedom of being this open, this free, and loving you. Breathe and allow yourself now to become aware of this magical world that has just been opened to you. Look out beyond your extended walls to the beautiful new world you have just opened to and greet it. See the scene before you. As you do this, also notice any area in the body which is having trouble. If you are feeling pain or darkness in your lower back kidney area, imagine this area being an open chute through your floor and you dropping anything not needed into the space below you. Breathe deeply through the kidneys and allow you as this house to rise higher into the air. Jiggle your body and allow anything that needs to fall off to do so. Continue breathing into this kidney area, inviting the bright sunset or the magnificent view that you are now seeing to be seen by the kidneys. Bring it down, down into your kidneys. You're offering yourself a vision and a setting of peace. Continue breathing and inviting the image of the beauty that you see down, down into the kidneys. You are feeding them. If there are any other areas that are feeling tension, bring the breath and the vision of this beautiful world to that space. All is well here and inviting you into further exploration. If anything strange happens, like a flock of birds landing on you, play with it. This is your imagination playing out a part of you that wants to be seen. I have a little, like, lizard, little dragon thing that's really mischievous. It's, like, sticking us, like, trying to lick me and stuff and running around and being all weird and goofy. Okay. (laughs) Anything can be remedied. You have every capability right within you. Beautiful. We hope that you are feeling open, calm, and ready for play. You may slowly bring your walls up and lower the roof of your house back down. But notice something has changed. What is it? Make note of it now and write it down. Write down the shifts of sensation and the setting. You will see a beautiful transformation as you attend to yourself and offer to yourself your own joy and freedom. For now, please document what your house was like and your experience, and then move forward. (laughs) Ta-da! There we go. So I hope you have a journal nearby Um, feel free to document what your experience was like 
as you experienced yourself as a house, what the sensations were, what was the scene that you saw, what was it like to share this scene to the parts of your body that were struggling. And then when when those walls came up again, what were the changes that occurred within your house? What's different now? I thought it was really cool with the whole idea is bring the scene into the kidney. Yeah. That was really cool because for me, a symbol that I've been using lately is the rising sun, you know, Mm -hmm. and this feeling of hope and this like deep, deep like energy and like, oh, look at the possibility. It's a new day. So it's a new, it's a new day and having that feeling opening the kidney and like giving them eyes and saying, look, you know, yes. And it's like, and then it just kind of like sucks it in. And yeah. That, you know what I mean? That positive energy, you know, and just kind of like, you know, something that's really interesting that what, what my guides expressed to me was that the reason why they've given me actually several tools that actually help the kidneys particularly is mm-hmm. that they say that, Um, cleansing the kidneys and helping them heal actually helps heal the nervous system. And when you're going through all of these kinds of shifts and changes in Mm -hmm. your lives, it really can affect your nervous system and your ability to feel that stability in your life. And so the kidneys can be a huge key in assisting one to provide stability for their nervous system. There you go. So um, it's kind of fun to see it show up in several different exercises. It does. Yeah. Um, because I guess right now that's, that can be a huge support to people. Yeah. Is, is doing that. So I hope this blesses you. Grace, thank you for being my guest <laughs> and talking about stages. Yeah. I'm sure there will be more. Just stay tuned to Welcome to Channeling. <laughs> And now you know what it means when I say, own your your stage stage and and play play on. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Welcome to Channeling. I would love to hear your questions about channeling. Please contact me at gwenjuvenal.com. Hit the contact button and send me a note, and maybe I'll be answering your questions soon. Till the next episode of Welcome to Channeling. Own your stage and play on. Muffin Media. If you're looking for an easy way to bring soul play into your life, please feel free to click on the link below where you'll receive a soul play meditation, which brings you right into the energy of soul play and invites it into your world. Feel free to click on the link and enter play today.